Peace, everyone. It's Daphne. You are tuned into Goddess Talk Radio, where you get to listen to phenomenal women share about doing extraordinary things all the while living their best lives. It's all about the rise of the feminine divine over here. Hey. <laughs> Y'all know I got to throw my little, uh, that little one aspect of myself in there, that little hood come out every now and then. Okay. Um, anyways, you are in for a major freaking treat today. I'm telling you, this show is about to be fire. <laughs> and it's all about, guess what? Black women, our happiness as it relates to marriage. Come on now, I said black women and our happiness as it relates to marriage. So if you are a black woman who sees marriage in your life story and your experience this 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 time around and this is something that you are consciously you know creating for yourself then you want to um really 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 get a chair pulled up come on about to pull it up with you come on pull up a chair sis let's breathe and get centered (laughs) let's do another one (sighs) see don't that feel good don't you feel more present in here? Get your peppermint essential oil. Put it in the diffuser with your peppermint incense so that your mind is fully present. <laughs> and if you ain't got all that, then hell, fuck all that. And just listen. Pay attention. <laughs> because this next this next interview, this sis is about to drop some major flames, okay? She backs up all of her stuff with research um statistics and i know listen listen as far as statistics we don't create our lives based off of statistics we create our lives based off our mission vision and purpose here and the things that we are consciously bringing into our existence we we are creating based off what we what we desire to experience this lifetime statistics are used for the purpose of solutions understanding what's going on so that we can find solutions especially those of us who are sent here as guiding lights and helpers and the raisers of the vibration and the healers it's good to have an overall understanding of what's going on so that's my little spiel on statistics okay we're not creating from them but we're learning from them so that we can help be a part of the solution s-o-u-l u-t-i-o-n solution okay (laughs) so again thank y'all so much for being here i have so much fun um doing these interviews there are women all over the world that i just cannot wait to present to you guys because we are doing some phenomenal things we first of all we are phenomenal we're doing extraordinary things um on this planet man I'm just so blessed to know all of you. I'm so blessed that I get to touch your eardrums and more importantly, your heart to help you feel different, to help you think differently. So with that being said, we about to have a dance break. Hey, catch me on the flip side for the interview. Daphne, you're listening to Goddess Talk Radio. You want to check me out? You can find me at memoirsofagoddess.com. You can watch my video diaries, read some of my blogs, shop for yoni eggs, yoni steams, waist beads, and all of that. All right? Get ready to shake something in five, four, three, two.
Hey, hey, peace, everyone. You are tuned in to Gotta Talk Radio. I'm your host, Daphne. And this is where you listen to phenomenal women share doing extraordinary things all the while living their best lives. It's all about the rise of the feminine divine over here. Man, okay, so y'all, I'll be so excited. I know I say this every conversation, but it's true. Like, I get this big rush of adrenaline when I'm about to interview these dynamic women with all of these different talents and projects and events and um, just walking and living in their purpose. And um, it just excites me. So y'all bear with me. (laughs) So up next, we have the wonderful, wonderful privilege to speak with this powerful woman who is in... um, the business of making it uh, better for other black women. She's all about uplifting and uh, helping black women to shift their consciousness into seeing that we are queens, we are goddesses, and that we deserve the best that life has to offer. So please join me in welcoming Miss Connie Lauren Walker of the Laws of Enchantress. Welcome, Connie. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And good morning to everyone. I'm super excited to be here. I think this is my first time ever doing a podcast, so a little bit nervous, but um, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> you are most welcome. Thank you for being here. So let's dive right into it. Connie, I think you are like mega dope. <laughs> I love <laughs> your personality you. and I love the delivery of your message and the things that you share. Thank I've been you. following you for about for the last couple of months. I learned about you in the Level Up Charm School. Um, one of our friends in, in uh, Common had posted um, your page in the group and I, I'm all always in that group watching the videos and stuff like that and I found your page and I was just blown away by the things that you um share and all the research you've done on behalf of black women and um helping us upgrade and snatch our lives back thank you yes yes and uh, and I've always been passionate about black women you know I come from a family my parents are Jamaicans I'm first generation American I'm the only one that holds a blue passport right now in my immediate family (laughs) so I have a blend of being an American but also having the strong cultural background of being a Jamaican and when I grew up I grew up in a very traditional conservative mom and dad been married for over 40 years so I really have Mm. to attribute a lot to my old school I mean old school I don't think they make them like it no more (laughs) old school antique Jamaican that's what I call them antique (laughs) Jamaican parents (laughs) and but growing up it was a plus and it was also challenging because I saw the I saw the challenges in the black community especially the burden with black women Mm -hmm. you know my mom was allowed to be feminine she was respected for being a homemaker Um, Mm -hmm. I have wonderful memories of my mom taking us to the zoo the library then waiting for dad to come home and we used to actually wait on the step I used to run to my father when he'd come home from the bank. Like, I have these wonderful memories. And I said to myself, okay, not everybody's life can be perfect. But when I contrast it to to what the Black woman has to go through, what she's overexposed to, it's Mm. just, it's you know, it's it's like a a really bad representation of who we truly are. Because we are the upgrade. I keep saying that. We are the feminine. There's no need for us. You know, you can level up. But to me, we are the level up. It's like reconnecting 
back to our feminine goddess, reconnecting to our divine, because that is who we are in essence. But I think we're kind of buried with all the social stuff, all the stress, all the anxiety. So I wanted Black women to reconnect to their inner self, because I truly feel if you're healed, hold, loved, and adored, you can accomplish and be anything. But it starts within you. It doesn't start externally. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what was my passion for doing this. Wow. You just said so much. I, I feel totally inspired just sitting here listening to um, your experience. And I'm so grateful. And so that was not, well, let me say, that was my experience for maybe the first, uh, maybe four to five years of my life. Mm-hmm. So I had to sit here and as you were you know, talking about your experience, I was imagining what it would be like to be you in that time. And then I said, wait a minute, I, I did have that for a quick minute. You know, the first five years of my life, my parents, you know, were married. I think my mother was pregnant with me, what, 1984. Aww. And I think it, you know, um, around 1989 is when they got divorced. Um, but I do have the, the memory and I'm thankful for those memories of my parents being together and us yeah. living in the same house. And, you know, my mother, we're all stair step, all four of us. So every year my mother was pregnant and um, I don't remember my mom going to work. I do remember my father leaving the house. And I do remember that feeling of, you know, when daddy came home or when we went to, um, I used to love when my mom would uh, get me together on the weekends It with me. And then my little brother came along and we would go to the basketball court and watch my daddy play basketball and, You know, so I do remember that feeling and I am just um, elated to have that back into my consciousness and to have you share your experience of what that is like, because that lets us know that it is possible and that those things did happen and that black families were having that experience and still are having that experience. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, when I did my research, a lot of people know me from Hassif Economics and Mm -hmm. what what I do is not you know, amazing. It's basic. I go on Pew Research. I go on the Census Bureau. I look for facts that are neutral, not politically based, not motivated, just the facts. I call them my receipts. And like Mm -hmm. I said, anyone can do what I was doing, but nobody was. Nobody was looking at the facts. And the facts are that Black people had a stronger marriage culture from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, more than white Americans. Something happened, and people like to argue about it, but I don't want to get into it because you could spend the next 10 years talking about the why. But the, right. fact is, the fact is, we were that, and we were that through the most trying of times. Even in, when we were slaves, we used to mm. risk our lives and jump over the broom. And that, mm. was, and that was execution because they knew that slavery uprisings happened when the male and the female got married because you don't want people to sell your husband, your wife. So they really were threatening people not to get married and keep them isolated. So just think about how imperative marriage was at people's lives. They were jumping over the broom. They were still doing it during slavery. So when people tell me, oh, this is that, that I said, no, no, no. You ain't have a tough enough time than brothers and sisters that wasn't slavery for 400 exactly. years. I don't want to hear it. And when I say exactly. that argument, people normally get still. They say, you know what? You're right. I said, think about it. You're, that was your life. You're, you, that was death and life. And people said, don't get married. And people still made their own ceremony because, of course, we weren't legally able. So when you hear the phrase jumping the broom, that's where it comes from because we weren't able mm-hmm. to do it. So ceremonially jumping the broom meant you are now husband and wife in the eyes of the Black community back then. What I think happened, just to put a short thing on it, is that we lost the culture of marriage. I don't know how it happened, why. There's a lot of things I can go into it deeper. 
but the fact is the culture is gone. So even if we get married, if the respect for it is not there, if the honor for it is not there, you're going to fail. And statistics show that even when the black woman makes it to marriage, now in this present time, she has a three times chance likely, more than any other demographic, to get divorced. And it's really not, it's, when I said that, I said, okay, what can we do? What are the solutions? I'm all about solutions. So I said, you know what? We got to go back to when it was working. You, I, I know there were some things with the feminist movement, but I said, you know, that doesn't really go all the way to black women because we're still mm-hmm. not in the mm-hmm. same, we're not the white girl. It's another anti-white girl rant, but you know, I work in HR. I know a lot of cases. We're not there yet. And we'll never Mm -hmm. be there because their path and our path is completely different. Their agenda and our agenda is completely different. Their culture and our culture is completely different, which is fine because we're two different people, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But what black women need to understand is we enjoy being traditional. Black women like being feminine. We like when our guy pull out the chair and open the door. We don't argue if he wants to pay the check. That's what's happening now. In and the you know extreme what, society. Yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, but just my thought. And I, it, it appears, and I don't know statistics on this, but it appears that a lot of times those women go home to their husbands. Yes. They, go, they go through that mm-hmm. phase of being feminist and, you know, really mm-hmm. out there. And then they yep. later on in life, they get married. And then they don't, feminist, come, they don't show up for us when our issues feminist are salaries, Yeah. Feminist salaries are five times higher than the medium range African-American. Five times times higher because I did my research because I like to talk from fact you know I don't like to you know this this type of subject can get very emotional and people are human it's normal but I like to Mm -hmm. talk from fact and when black women don't realize is they're going through a phase but at the end of the day feminists not only get married but they prefer a traditional structure which means they actually get to enjoy (laughs) staying home (laughs) and being a mother and a wife and they get respected for it it's a combination even if you stay in the house and you're a, a stay-at-home mom, if your husband comes home and he doesn't appreciate your femininity, he doesn't appreciate the fact that you are working, mm-hmm. he doesn't appreciate the fact, yeah. And I actually went to a feminist organization just to listen in Manhattan, right here. And I, was, I, I wanted to hear their point of view because they found me on Hasesbud. This is how, how nervous they are of any black woman. They found me and invited me to go. And I said, okay, I'll come and talk. And they made comments about, you know, women who are white or black staying home. They were akinning it to prostitution. <gasps> so, that's what, so that's when I got up and I walked out. And they were mm. like, oh, where are you? I said, first of all, if they were poor black people, if the man was working at freaking Walmart or working at, you know, <laughs> working at KFC, and his wife was getting food stamps and she was a stay at home. You guys would not care. Why are you so threatened once the man reaches a certain wealth that he's taking care of his home and wife? How is that prostitution? I could show you the article. And they were akin, oh, you know, it's called a wife bonus. I'm like, yeah, if you're staying home and you're running his household, you're damn right. I'm supposed to get something because I'm making it possible for you to work. I'm exactly. making it possible. Exactly. But that, that's what I'm saying. They have these extremities and they don't apply to black women. And a lot of black women are taking them up and in a situation where it makes no sense. Cause I'm like, what's the patriarch? A patriarch means a male led community or a male led household. We don't have that in the majority. We don't have it. We don't have it. Like we have the absence of it. 
You may have a society that's, you know, derogatory towards women, but in sense of who's leading us, we're taking care of ourselves. We're more than 60% of the household, of the head household. Black women are getting most of the education. We're doing everything. So if you want to know what a patriarch society looks like with no men or a matriarch, we're living it. How does it feel? How does it feel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't feel too good. So that's why I encourage black women to get in tune and heal themselves and love themselves and empower themselves and uh, get their knowledge. That's why I ran the economics page because I saw black women falling very severe to poverty. That's why I did my um, laws of enchantress page because I saw black women becoming very withdrawn, very hurt and not knowing where to go and getting direction from people who don't know what it's like to be a black woman, because even when you go to therapy or even when you talk to a counselor, majority of these people don't have these shared experiences. It's not because they're white or Spanish, it doesn't matter. They don't know what it's like. And they're talking from their experiences. When she says, oh, it's empowering that I can pay for my own check, or it's empowering me go to dinner, you know, I pay half. You're talking from a woman that has a different economic standing. She has a trust fund. Her parents opened up a credit card in her name when she's 17 and were paying bills in her name. So when she gets 21, her credit score is over 700. She goes to college with the sole purpose to find a husband. And she knows no matter what she does, her gender, her demographic, look at her as the optimum wife. You can't do the same trends as someone that no matter what they do, their demographic is marrying them over 70%. And I'm talking about Caucasian women. Mm -hmm. When you look at us now, that's not the same. It's not about being anti-black men. It's just the facts on paper. Black mm-hmm. women, when I look at the Pew Research, the last one I saw was 2015. Um, and we were only getting married. Black people were only getting married at 29%. And you have to understand what that means because marriage is an economic builder. You're talking mm-hmm. about generational wealth. You're talking about legacy. That means every time a black family unit loses a parent or loses a, a mom, the entire economic system for that family unit, starts over. Meaning wow. that there's no, there's no wealth, there's no money. The reason why you see other, other demographics acquiring so much wealth, yeah, white people exempt. Because I did a whole thing with white people exempt. You have Hindus, you have Muslims, you have some people considered Jews, you have Arabs. They all acquiring wealth because they don't have this constant break in generational wealth. Mm. Things, get, things get passed down to them. Things get passed down. So marriage is not just marriage, as a lot of people think of the community. It's not just a piece of paper. It's an economic builder. That's why the government tracks it. That's why the government watches it. Yeah. What do you have to say? Because a lot of times I think we run into, and especially when we're dealing with a different level of Black man, um, and I mm-hmm. understand about the wound and the trauma and the distrust of the government and all of that. I really do. I've, I've been there in that level of consciousness. Why do you think we hold on so much, well, our Black men in particular? And I know you're not a Black man. I'm just asking for your perspective. This thing about this paper, everybody believes, well, we don't need this piece of paper well, to prove that. It's, it's, it's because it's a fail. The thing is that the failings of Black marriage are so epic that normally... There's two things when you fail. Either you face, acknowledge, awareness, accountability. And that's hard. Or you can just say, well, well, it's just a piece of paper. It's kind of like the fox and the sour grapes. I can't have it. 
I can accomplish it. You know what? Those grapes are sour anyway. It's a little fairy tale. Mm. My mom used to tell me that all the time. Fox and sour grapes, fox and sour grapes. You know, Jamaicans with their folklores. They're always telling you something. Mm. And my mom was telling me it's because they can't have it. They're going to insult it. But they don't mm. realize it. Marriage, actually, when I did my research, I did the Pew Research, the Census Bureau Research. There's like so many economic research centers, the government, U.S. Congress, state, the Smithsonian. I was obsessed with it. And what I saw, the Black family unit breaking down is responsible for almost every single statistic that ails the Black community. And this is not me saying that. This is the government saying this. If you watch my channel, they are well aware of what's happening to the Black community. And that's why I say feminists are crap, because most of the demographics that are happening happen traumatically to the Black woman. But we're not at the forefront of any feminist concerns. We're not there. It's like mm-hmm. me walking into a room, and I want to talk about death. And I walk into a room, there's 10 women. Out of 10, eight are black women dying. And I walk back out and say, well, women are dying, but I don't specify, okay, disproportionately, severely, those deaths are black women. So Mm -hmm. they are well aware that black people, especially black women, are suffering disproportionately. And they actually have the solutions. They actually made a like 500-page pamphlet from the government saying what we need to do to fix these sectors. But politicians don't rally on that because we don't know it. And I've been passing around this pamphlet, you know, passing it around saying, okay, this is what we need to do. This is a study of black women in America, how beneficial we are to society and how paramount it is to have us in a healthy state. We're, we're just 45 million black people. Out of 45 million, about 25 million are black women. You can't have 25 million American citizens suffering. But the problem is you have to get the culture back. And right now, the black man, because I, I actually had the honor of having a very short conversation with Louis Farrakhan. We are completely different. My yes. platform and his, he, yes. trust, trust me, <laughs> trust me, trust me. There's nothing in common between us. I got a white boyfriend. He is pro-black. We are not friends. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I give credit to what credit was due. Yes. I said to him, you know what it is that black men need to do. And he said, sister, they made a choice. That's what he told me. Mm -hmm. Sister, they made a choice. He said, you know as a man what you need to do. If you choose not to do it, you make a choice. He said, America "America is a free country, sister. America, you make a choice. He said, you made a choice to be with a white man. He said, but you know what? At this point in time, probably that was the right choice for you. But he said, we all make choices. He said, as a black man, I knew that I want to be the provider, the protector, and the leader of my household. And I knew I had to do certain things, probably that I didn't want to do, but I had to do them to say I'm going to be the leader and the head. But he was like, there's a culture that's taken over black culture that's not our culture. And he said, it's a capitalist culture. It's an it's a extremist culture that sells almost like a caricature of black experience, like the, 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 stripper, the stripper culture and the mm-hmm. clubbing culture and the thug culture. And black people can't see themselves because they're in it. When you travel, I'm telling you, if I give any black person a passport and you see yourself from the outside, people really think all black people are in the club. People really think all black women are strippers and thoughts. We out here shaking our ass and twerking. That's why I'm so sensitive. When I see any black women doing something derogatory, it's a social media war against black women. Mm. And, and, so, and so, yeah. Let me, let's backtrack just a little bit. What? How can we get... Um, that pamphlet. What is uh, the name of it? it I'm is pulling it up now. 
Okay. And also, while you're pulling it up, tell us again how we can follow you, how we can um, take your courses. Where can we find you on the, on, on the web? Well, I have my YouTube channel. I have two. I have the Laws of the Enchantress YouTube channel, which is a feminine healing course specifically for Black women, which is focused on getting the Black woman happily married and staying married. But it starts with healing and keeps the momentum of healing throughout the course. It's a great course. You can also find it on Facebook. If you look up the words, the laws of enchantress or hashtag the laws of enchantress, my page should come up. That's the main page. If you want to be part of the program, you just message me and I have everything behind a closed membership page. Then I have Hassess But Economics. That's on YouTube. And that is um, spelled the same way like the Pharaoh, H-A- or H-A-T-S-H-E-S-P-U-T, Hashes Foot, the ancient pharaoh. And you can um, look it up and you can find me there. And um, I also have the same thing, the channel and the same name of the, uh, the Facebook page. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And just a reminder, you guys are tuned in to Goddess Talk Radio, where you can listen to phenomenal women share extraordinary things that they're doing all the while living their best lives. It's all about the rise of the feminine divine over here. And I'm your host, Miss Daphne. We are fortunate enough to have Miss Connie Lauren Walker. Yes. Creator <laughs> of the Laws of Enchantress and Hatshepsut economic yeah. on the mm-hmm. line with us and she's just giving us some powerful information about what it's going to take for black women to heal be married happily and stay married in today's society so and the name of the pamphlet is the status of black women in the united states of america wow. and and this report is a very serious report you have two versions you have the full pdf book which you can print out which is hundreds like it's about let me see how many pages? It is over 200 pages here. And the, the report basically covers um, the context of widespread economic inequality, systematic disenfranchisement, Black communities, blatant violence of over-incarceration of Black women, children, and Black women are demanding social economic change. And this research was done by the United States. Okay, so it's not like, oh, you know, this is the key findings and they have key findings, you know, what happens in each demographic <laughs> and they give some, mm. and they give solutions. They say, OK, this is the issue. This is the solution. So I think black women can use this tool and know how to you know, position themselves politically as well. Politics is whether we like it or not. Politics is power and see who's mm-hmm. receptive, see who's receptive mm-hmm. to our progression, because you need to get into the political realm. Our vote is very valuable. You know, we vote at very high rates and we don't get anything for our vote anymore. That means we need to actually leverage our vote. We need to get into the political process, probably get some young sisters to actually run for city council, for Senate. You know, you had a Puerto Rican girl just now, forgot her name, don't want to disrespect her, but she just won. She beat a 10-year Democrat. I mean, she, did, she was a bartender last year. <laughs> and she said she, mm. got, she got sick of the system. And she's from mm-hmm. the Bronx. She sounds like Cardi B. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, whoa. I said, wow, she really got sick of complaining. She said, you know what? I don't care if I was a, par- a bartender. Um, I think her name is Jennifer Gonzalez. And, okay. she, and she won. She be a 10-term uh, Democrat. And I was very moved by her because, you know, regardless of if you're Republican, conservative, or, or if you don't like politics, the fact is, as a woman, you can make a change for other women. This is not about carrying the burden of men. This is about us progressing. Because mm. even, even if you level up, 
if the society that you're in isn't acknowledging you, if they're not respecting you, you're going to have a contrast of how you treat yourself, how you view yourself and how they see you. So it's a whole agenda that needs to change. Wow. Yeah. You know, a lot of us shy away from politics and I've been one of those people as well. But if we're, we're, we're used as political tools all yeah. day long since we've been here. You know, and I'm just really having this thought in real time and listening to you speak like, well, damn, we've been used as fucking <laughs> political tools. Yeah. You know, as the pawns, as these pieces that can be moved around on the board to affect the cause that's not all the, that's not hardly ever in our favor. So why the fuck not? And, and her name is, I want to correct myself. I was thinking about another um, Puerto Rican congresswoman because I love politics. Her name is Alexandria Cortez. Okay. And she Alexandria was, Cortez. And she was born in the Bronx and she beat the Democratic um, primary. She won the primary for the 4th Congressional District. And she's from the South Bronx and she's 28 years old. I mean, she sounds wow. like Cardi B when she talks. Mm-hmm. It's like Cardi B won. So it's, <laughs> but the thing is that, you know, she had never been elected to office. She's still paying off her student loans. She's only 28 years old. And she said, you know what? Women like me aren't supposed to run for office. But she said, you know, screw it. I'm going to do it. And it, yeah. was, it was a joke, you know. She had no money, no backing. And th- she was going against somebody that had been there for 10 terms. Wow. And, and, and she, when she won, people were crazy. But the message she had was so in tune. So I tell black women, never underestimate your message. If your message mm-hmm. is coming from the heart, if your mm-hmm. message has a mission, don't let anybody stop you. And I truly feel like black women, we need to have our own message. Everyone speaks for us, but us. We need to say, this is what we want. This is our culture. This is our tradition. This is what we demand as women. And black women need to go back to being the feminine divine. That's, what, that's our mm-hmm. rightful place. Mm. So what do you think about the contrast between um, the black feminist movement that is arising and the traditional feminist movement? What, what can you compare and contrast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From your I, perspective, I've had my little, my little heated discussions with my black feminists, and I totally understand their stance. You know, black Which women, is. black <laughs> women are the most attacked women in America. Black women have no representation. If I tell you the statistics for black women, they're so abysmal. Like medical discrimination, right now, black women are dying so disproportionately in childbirth that we have become the number one G seven nation on the planet simply because of the black demographic of females dying, which is ridiculous. Like a black woman with a degree and economic standing of middle class is still three times more likely to die than a white woman who never finished high school when you talk about actual dying in childbirth. So I get that part that we need to go out there. We need to be concerned with us. We need to go out there and I get that part. But the other part I do not get is telling black women, you don't need men, you don't need marriage, screw the patriarch. And that's why I say, wait a minute, you're not part of the patriarch. You have no men. You're not married. You're not provided for. You're not led by men. That's the whole point of your argument. You're not protected. You're vulnerable. You're exposed. You're hurt. Mm. You're, hu- mm. you're hunted. You, mm-hmm. you don't have a patriarch. So just because it's not a black patriarch, because you need a balance. You need a balance. So you're telling black women to be by themselves, do this, this, this. You're actually talking an oxymoron because guess what? Go to Washington, D.C. I have. Go sit down and try to look at Congress. I have. It's majority men. And if you want to get anything done, you got to form some type of networkers with men, whether you like it or not, whether they're white, black, Asian, Filipino. There's never going to be a black female majority <laughs> in Congress. Good luck with that one. 
Good. My son just told told me last night. He said, uh, "Mama, did you hear that uh, Barack Obama said he's getting uh, tired of all these men? He can't wait till there's more women in leadership because these men have been getting on his nerves." Lately. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And look, and look what women did. Women aren't ready. Mm-hmm. Women aren't ready. We had the opportunity for the first time in this country's history to elect a female president. And I don't care how you feel about her. She wasn't my first choice. I voted for Bernie. I'll tell you that because I am a socialist as well. I'm, I don't care if that's something that offends people. But all this rah, rah, rah woman. And we had the chance as a nation to hire, or, you know, to put a first female president. And look who we put instead. Mm. The complete yeah. opposite. So it's only reflective of the the consciousness that's yeah. being exposed right now. Because a lot know, of women are very will... misogynistic yeah. and racist. And exactly. Exactly. And that's what I said. You have black, you have, you know, um, me too, me too. And you guys put in office and white women did that because 53% of white women voted for Trump mm. and, that, and, that, and, that, and they actually gave the election because they were the only demographic that changed. Every other voting demographic was similar to how Obama won his race. The only one that was a major shift was that he, he won the women's vote. 53%. And that speaks volumes to when they're telling you, oh, feminist, feminist. They, they care about their race first. I keep telling them, they, at the end of the day, when the doors close and nobody listening, he was speaking to very racial, very nationalist, very populist things, and it spoke to them beyond their gender. So you have to, you have to fall back and realize, okay, that they're on a different thing. You know, if we were so feminist, if we were so passionate, because I was, I was telling my mom, how the hell are we having a Me Too movement two months after we put Trump in office? Are we on crack? <laughs> he's talking about grabbing pom-poms, and he's talking about this person's fat. He go to beauty pageants. He's sleeping with porn stars. Are we, are we okay? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We're get, we getting everybody out of office for sexual harassment. They're going after everybody. But the president, nah, we can't touch him, son. But yet... He's the reason for the whole movement. I don't understand. It's like we dyslexic. We're seeing everything backwards. Mm-hmm. So I tell, I tell black women, focus on you. So when I see the black feminists saying, oh, but Connie, the patriarch, I said, are you married? Is anyone here married? No. So where's your patriarch at, son? Wow. So I'm like, and, what, what, do, what, Connie, what do they say? What is the response to that? Oh, we're still under the patriarch because our society is driven by a male agenda. I said, no, a white male agenda. The black, the, white the black man, agenda. the black man has no, the black man has no power. The black, you have to understand most Americans. I travel for a living. I'm an HR director. I've been to almost every continent on the planet except for Antarctica, Australia, and what is it? Uh, what, what? That's it. Yeah, that's all that's left. I haven't been to. And the fact is, most Black Americans don't know how minority they really are. This country has 342 million people. Out of 342 million, only 45 million is Black. 62% of this country is white. Only 12% of this country is Black. You have no power unless you're like Jewish people who be hustling money and they don't get divorced and they don't believe in baby mom. Baby. Like Jewish people, they give birth and for the day the child's born, doctor, lawyer, scientist, next, engineer, architect, next. Like mm-hmm. they don't play around because they have a mission. They and, they, never... and they flip the money within their yeah. own community a couple times before yeah. it even leaves. So. Exactly. And they said never again. And they freaking meant it. They said that, oh. We said that shit. They said that shit's not happening to us again. Nobody putting us in no Holocaust again. And they really meant it. So no matter what, they really meant it. You know, this is a this is a race that back in the during the Holocaust, 
60% of that race was decimated in less than a decade. Like they were, they were not, they were not enslaving them. They were trying to eradicate the race. They were not, they were not trying to make them work. They were like, okay, y'all just need to disappear from the planet. And yeah, black people have the, this 400 years of slavery, 400 this and that, but we, we are strong people. And yes. we should never be in this country talking about, oh, this, we don't have this and that. You have it. It's just that it's mm. not unified. I always mm. tell people, what's stronger, a slap across the face with five fingers or a punch with five fingers united? A punch is going to do more damage. We're not punching nobody. We're just slapping people left and right. And we're not leaving an impact. So I, I tell black women, your happiness matters. But when it comes to black people saying, oh, you know, it's the black. No, the, the, the society is set up. It's their country. It is their country. It is a white country. The majority of the country is not black. And you can tell the black people who don't travel. You could tell, like, oh, there's not a lot of black people. No, there's no black people in Colorado and Wyoming and Nevada. There's no black people in South Dakota and North Dakota. There's no black people in Wisconsin and Kansas. My friend, there's no black people in Oregon. Because I've been. (laughs) I've been. (laughs) Should we continue? Like, do you know your states? There's no black people in Kentucky. Like, very few. We're, We're densely populated in five states. New York, California, Florida, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. There's your black people. And that's mm-hmm. it. And even then, we're concentrated to one slant side of the town. We're still like, kind of like red line, kind of like just emotionally segregated. That's what I call it. It's not legal, Uh-oh. but it's Connie. emotionally. And I tell black people that you, it's, okay. the stuff that you're seeing is a residue. So you got, you got to really know, you know the truth of it and take your power and, and, and make yourself move accountability. So Connie, what would you say to black women who have never had the experience of being chosen, who have the dream mm. and vision of being married happily? You're trying to get me in trouble. You're trying to get me in trouble. (laughs) No, hey, because my real one, my view is this heart, a heart, a heart question, heart to heart right now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this. You can only do so much as a black woman, and black women are naturally nurturers. We all women are, but since I believe we are the original feminine divine, we are the first woman. Everyone's the copy. That's why everybody keeps coming back to our shapes, our lips, our bodies, our sensuality, the way we move, because we're the original, and that's scientifically proven. We have the Eve gene, so you have to, you know, be aware of that and and be more proactive and say, you know what, I want love. I want marriage. I want this. You have to go out and make a shopping list. Because that's what I did before I found my boyfriend. And mm-hmm. I keep telling people, it's not about swirling. It's not about, I said I want a guy who's Christian, who actually goes to church and actually believes in stuff because I'm Catholic Roman. So I said, okay, Christian, I want a guy who believes in traditional family roles. I want a guy who believes in being a provider, protector, and a leader. And I want a guy who, you know, goes to love and adore and honor me and, and treat me like his queen. So that's what I tell black women. Just put those as your top and go mm-hmm. out there in the world. And you're going to see just automatically certain men just drop out of the border. And look mm-hmm. what Ciara did. Ciara came, Ciara leveled up, you know, after she, after she got hurt by that rapper, forgot his name. I can never remember that rapper's name. What was the guy she was dating before? Future. Um, future. And, and, and she had a horrible experience. Look at the contrast. When a mm-hmm. black woman says, I ain't never exposing myself that way again. And she sat down. She got herself a Christian 
waited until they had got married to have sex. And look at that. What, look at how he treats her. He worships, he adores her. He's eager to show affection. And that's what I'm saying. It's not about the race or the skin color. It's about the character of the man. And if you focus on the characteristics and you're serious, you will get the right man. Because it's not hard. If a man wants you, wants to pursue you, it's not hard. If a guy says, I don't want marriage, I'm not looking for a relationship, I don't want anything serious, believe him and keep going. Mm. And keep going. And I think that's where we we go, uh, things go awry when we don't yeah. pay attention to the red flags and we sit back and we think mm. and we wait that they'll change. And that's minutes ticking off of no. your life. You don't get time back. I understand the feminine divine, sorry, is meant to be a receiver. Women are receivers. I used to think before I took my courses, because I did my feminine courses and I, I did all this research. I used to think we were givers of life. And, and they, said, they said, no, you are a receiver. You give life as your secondary function, but you need to receive in order to give. That's why women like getting flowers. We like getting gifts. We like to, we like to brag to our sisters and be like, yo, last night he gave me two dozen roses. He get men don't talk about, oh, last night they they Tisha gave me men don't do that. Let's say a different type of man. It's a different hotline for that one. But <laughs> so men like to give. Why do you think men like to spend money and do these elaborate engagements? And when a man has money, when a man has wealth, look at the type of woman he pursues. Someone that can make him feel more of a man. Someone that he can enjoy mm. giving to. Because if mm -hmm. if a man and woman is equal. He can't really give her nothing. And that's why men always feel kind of weird if the woman has more. A real man, an alpha male, the masculine man that black women are attracted to. And that's what I'm telling you. You're not in your natural state if you're not getting. And it means affection. It means, you know, flowers, tokens. When men are ready to be with you, they're eager to look for every excuse and every occasion to give you. And when you're in love with a man, you look for every, every, receive, every, you know, every excuse to, to give him. It's a, it's a reciprocal process. Mm -hmm. And I tell women, you should never be confused. You should be pursued down the aisle. Not boyfriend, girlfriend. And, and my mom said it like this in her Jamaican accent. I can't mimic her because she's from Kingston. I just can't do it the way she do it. But she said, if you get in a car and you don't tell the driver where you're going, how are you going to end up where you're going? A lot of mm -hmm. black women are getting in relationship cars and don't want to tell them where they're going. If you tell the guy, I'm looking for marriage, in a nice way, not aggressive, say, you know what? My life is good. I feel good. I'm looking to share my life with someone. I have a, I'm in a great position. You know, form a positive environment that somebody would want to come in. And if he says to you, you know what? I'm not looking for that. Then you know that's not the destination. Mm. But if he tells you that and you still get in the car and y'all driving all over town and y'all don't know where you're going, of course you're going to crash or burn out. Because you have no destination for your ride. So think mm. of it like a relationship car. Where are you going? Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's why it's important to, like you said in the beginning, it's not about external. It's about no. doing your work to heal yourself first and foremost. And then that automatically sheds different energies from even being attracted to you. Um the level up starts when you start to actually do your healing work mm -hmm. um, and also getting clear about who, who you are as a woman. Are you um, uh, made in the image of the feminine divine or not? Is that something that speaks to you? I mean, all these questions are very um, essential to ask. And if it is, 
then what are you planning to do to help change that so that the law of attraction can really kick in and that you can be conscious about using it so that you can Mm -hmm. begin to be the creator consciously because we're always creators of our lives, whether we know it or not. Yep. Nobody can mm-hmm. teach us how to do that. Only give us the tools once we awaken to that level of consciousness to know that, okay, when I say certain things like this, is going to bring this type of attention. When I dress like this, it may bring this type of attention. And in no way, shape, or form am I in this moment to all of my listeners um, saying that um, am I feeding into rape culture or any of that? I'm not I'm not even taking it that deep. I'm just oh, talking no. about oh, gosh. perception and how people respond to you, men, women, children, or whatever. So suffice that to say, consciously creating your life and the law of attraction Mm -hmm. all plays a role into what you want to, how you want to design your life and what experiences you want to have. I made a post yesterday on my Facebook saying that, you know, I am doing my healing work and magnetizing myself for specific experiences that I want to have in my lifetime, this life. And I hope that it's helpful to those who want to do the same. You know, because yeah, you know, I mean, those things yeah. and people feel a certain type of way about what you post. And, you know, I ain't never an uh, arguer on my Facebook page. I used to do that. Now it's like I will skip over the <laughs> <event. laughs> You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, everybody's vibrating on a different level. And yes. I tell black women that this law of attraction only works if you have an expectation. Your expectations are connected to your beliefs. We talk about that a lot. And the laws of enchantress. Because I get black women that tell me, but I want, want, want. That's okay, but do you believe you can have it? No. Okay, mm. so there's a mm. disruption. <laughs> so there's a- <laughs> want and belief is different. You I'm keep like, on putting your order like, in. It's like um, you exactly. go to a restaurant and you put your order in and the waitress standing at your table like, okay, what do you want? And you sitting there still looking at the fucking menu and you ain't told her yet. And she's going to walk away and you're just not going to get your food until she come back and you're clear on what your order is and, and the amount that you're willing to pay for that order. <laughs> they never do. Yeah, they and don't I try know to what t- to cook up if they, if they don't know what you're ordering. Yeah, and I, and I try to tell them that, you know, it's all about the vibration. And people say, what is that? And I'm like, listen, this is scientifically proven. We give off a certain level of vibration. Everything we do, sound, even our attitude getting scientific here are packed together and they're vibrating at a ridiculously high frequency that we can't even fathom. Mm -hmm. So you have to realize you are giving off a certain energy and you have to change that energy. And the way you change it is by thinking, visualization, meditation, like everything good in life. It takes work and time and conditioning because you have to realize you've been living your whole life subconsciously absorbing negativity because we live in a negative society, period. But if you are a black woman, There's extra challenges because there is no social positive conditioning and a massive amount for us. Like when I was growing up, I was obsessed with weddings. I loved weddings. And I used to collect bride magazines. I'm not ashamed to say that. I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't realize is that I was negatively conditioning myself because every single magazine, I'm talking about when I was 12, 13, 15, every single magazine had white women only. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying white women can't be in magazines, Mm -hmm. but I never saw a black woman on the cover holding the flowers. So socially conditioning, even Mm -hmm. though I love weddings, Mm -hmm. I was subconsciously telling myself that only white women get married. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? That's so deep and so true. Wow. Wow. So again, you are tuned in to Goddess Talk Radio. I am your host, Daphne, and we are on the line with the beautiful Connie Lauren Walker, creator of The Laws of Enchantress and Hatsipsit Economic. 
economics. Yeah, Connie, so give us your um, information again, how we can get in touch with you, how our listeners can follow you, and also take your courses that you provide. Sure. Um, you can, Again, to make it really simple, I can be found on Facebook. And you can just look up the words, the laws of the enchantress. You should see the program come up. I mean, sorry, the page come up. And I have two pages. I have the main page. So you can learn about the program. It's a free page. Anybody can go on it. It's closed. It's private. It's for black women only. And then if you choose to, if you like what the page is saying and the flavor, then you can message me directly. And I put you into the closed page, the secret page, which nobody can see. So the program is 199 And it's a consistent course, meaning that every two weeks we get courses. And what I do is I network with relationship experts, matchmakers, marriage healers, and I come back and I bring back the feedback, the information. We focus on the best books. We have a file library with hundreds of books inside. So once you join, you get access to all those books. And we focus on crystal healing, meditation, manifestation, Abraham Hicks, you know, the law of attraction, the secret. We just combine everything in terms of healing, meditation, and vibrating. But the goal is to get Black women happily married. So you can find me there. And I also have a YouTube channel with the same name, The Laws of Enchantress. And then I have my economics channel, Access But Economics. Wow. Connie, thank you so, so, so much. I mean, I could, we could literally talk all day long. This <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to do nothing but get off of here and a little bit later on be on YouTube looking at your newest videos. Just really, you know, I'm on my own little journey and rebuilding and refilling myself up as well. So I implore all of you ladies to check out Connie and her pages, um, to get involved and engaged, to do some of the research that she just brought up and to most definitely get that mm-hmm. pamphlet. Can, tell us the name of the pamphlet again, Miss Connie. I just sent it to you and okay. hold on. It is. I'm sorry. You can find, you can, no, no problem. You can find the pamphlet by Googling the words, the status of black women in the United States. And it's a PDF. It's a compressed 2017 PDF report. And Damn, you're so going to see it right last there. Year. Mm-hmm. It's okay. www.domesticworkers.org. I also donate to them because I do a lot of work for black women. These are powerful women and they're, you know, they have a big research team and they, they put a lot into this. And what I love about them, they have solutions. Like I'm addicted to solutions. I've been training my mind positively not to talk a lot about a problem unless I'm focusing the same energy or more about solutions. So when I read this pamphlet, yes, they outline the challenges, but they tell you what you need to do. And it's really beautiful, guys. It's broken down into political participation, employment and earnings, working family, poverty and opportunities. And it's really easy for anyone to read. They, they say key findings, what we can do. So, you know, definitely take a look at it. If you guys can't find it, just message me. But you can find it with the link www.domesticworkers.org or just look up the words, the status of Black women in the United States and it should come up. Wow. Wonderful. Thank you again for that. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this segment. Catch me on the flip side right after this dance break. Hey. Woo. Yes. What I tell y'all, straight flame. (laughs) You are tuned in to Goddess Talk Radio. I am your host, Daphne. This is the station where you listen to phenomenal women doing extraordinary things all the while living their best lives. It's all about the rise of the feminine divine over here. Wow. Hell, half of the time she was talking, I forgot I was uh recording. <laughs> I, I, I forgot I was the host. <laughs> 
I'm just listening and taking in everything she's saying like wow you know what an amazing journey this this thing called life is and I am just a continuous learner okay straight continuous learner and I'm gonna get on my P's and Q's and do a little bit more research just simply because I feel drawn to it you know I am very intrigued by a lot of the things that she said and that up against my personal experiences and where I want to go with this with this life and as it relates to my happiness as a black woman and marriage um I feel like I'm really about to create some powerful things with this information that she presented. Um, it's just definitely a lot to um, take in. Um, and introspect is um, is essential and key. Introspection is uh, essential and key. I hope y'all enjoyed that. I hope y'all took down her information. Again, it's The Laws of the Enchantress is one of her pages. And then Hapshetsuk. Um, economics is another one of her pages. Her name is Connie Lauren Walker. Um, please, you know, Google and YouTube her, connect with her for more information. Um, you know, she offers the laws of enchantress courses that are, you know, filled with, like she said, meditation, stones and crystals, affirmations, and a host of other things. Ah, oh, man power 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 in addition to that if you want to learn a little bit more about me and my services and products um if you need some inspiration yes memoirsofagoddess.com is the website there you can check out my video diaries vlogs um shop for yoni eggs yoni steams and waist beads and uh what else i post um events every now and then up there and, and soon these blogs i'm sorry these podcasts will be available as well so y'all thank y'all so much for tuning in have a blessed rest of the day evening month <laughs> whatever week life until next time you are beautiful and level up i mean that's all i can really say is the the time for the leveling up is now you have everything you need inside of you to make all your dreams come true all right peace